Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. Thanks so much for being with us, everybody. You can get the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, on its own show iTunes feed. So just search Permission Granted on Apple Podcasts or Radio.com or anywhere else that you get your podcasts or get it as part of the normal DA show podcast feed. Please rate and review it when you're there. That helps us out be found by many other listeners as well. The PGP every single week, the show about the show and usually inside a deeper dive on our mothership at the movies. And Mraz, it's pretty funny. I don't normally know where you guys stand on the Mothership at the Movies until we all log on and get on a G-chat and a Zoom call with each other on Thursday morning. Right. And as I was watching last night, The Natural, I really felt like texting you to see what you thought about this because I was in the middle of it going, am I missing something? Yep. I was bored to tears about three quarters of the way through. And I did and I held off and I just waited until this morning to see... But you know where everybody stands by, like, the first three G-chats. Because Bogus says something, you say something, I say something in, like, successive fashion. And then you know where everybody stands on the movie. And we all just crapped all over it as soon as we got on G-chat. And there's a couple of things that just annoy me about this movie. Overall, I just find it to be a plodding, boring, long (laughs) storyline. When I found out, when I first saw how long it was, I watched it on Amazon Prime, that it was two hours and 17 minutes. I'm like, oh, God. Yep. You know, there's not enough here. I just kind of knew the story already of The Natural, even though I had not seen it start to finish, that I'm like, this doesn't have to be more than two hours. This is more like an hour and a half, hour 40 sports movie. Then I realized it was based on a book. And I said, oh, this is not going to be good. Because when I started watching, what I realized was the movie watches more like a novel. 
it's it's a novel from the 50s, even though the natural set in like the teens to the 30s. It was written in the 50s. And I'm like, oh, so this is like a sappy baseball love novel that they made a movie about 30 years after. And I'm like, that's that doesn't read well on screen. That's why they jam like a million things into it in really quick succession in the beginning. You're like, oh, he's growing up. He's kind of good at baseball. Oh, his dad dies suddenly. Right. Lightning strikes a tree. He makes a baseball bat. That's like the first three minutes of the movie. I'm like, okay, so this is supposed to be like a 20-chapter book that they expanded into a film. So I had a problem with how plotting the storyline was. I also had a problem with the fact that Robert Redford comes off as unbelievably unlikable in this film. Yes. He's a really great actor. He's one of the great actors of, a, of all time. How many times does he give you a one-word answer? He's evasive. He's vague. And I get that that builds a mystique. But he comes off as a jerk. He didn't give anybody any answers about anything. And, and why he doesn't give any answers about anything doesn't make any sense. And I guess let me just start from the beginning as well here. I had never seen The Natural. I had only obviously always heard the Roy Hobbs stories. People wear the Knights Roy Hobbs jerseys. It's another Halloween costume. And I must say, when I sat down, I, there was sheer excitement because it's, it's rare that we get a sports movie that we haven't either recently seen or seen in our lives when we're doing this segment. So The Natural, I know, is a, is a cult classic. People love it. I said, okay, great. I'm finally going to have an excuse to sit down and watch The Natural. I was so in on the movie through the beginning scenes. His father dies. Okay, the lightning strike and making the bat seems a little cheesy, but even when he's on the train, the whole scene with the whammer where he strikes him out, I was good with the movie. Totally. Totally good. The movie moves along. The action moves along. Yes. Uh, And I'm starting to get it. Okay, well, this guy comes out of nowhere. He's going to burst onto the baseball scene. When he gets shot, I did not know that happened. I, I... that scene just seems so stupid, so weird. Yes. And the screen goes to black, and it has that moment of silence. That was the turning point in the movie for me where I thought the movie sucked and was absolutely dreadful and really made no sense. And it gets to the point you just made. Okay, so now I guess I get the bit. He, he goes in the hospital. We don't even find out how long he's in the hospital for until much later on. And it's a couple of years. You don't, you don't know how he recovered. They do such a terrible job to the till the end when it comes out of explaining, like, what happened to him, why this girl even shot him. We still don't even know why she shot him other than she committed suicide. Also, none of it makes any sense that why can't he just tell people, hey, look, I was a prospect, the Cubs scouted me, I got shot, I was in a hospital for a couple of years. Why, why be so evasive about your life that it, you know, it, like, it was a, obviously a tragic story that happened to you, own it. Uh, that part of the movie made no sense to me. And also, when they're looking to reveal who he was in his past, and it's supposed to be like a bad thing that it comes out because there's a woman dead and everything like that. Like, to me, again, it's a story that makes no sense. And I guess the other part of it is, why have a reporter in this movie, D.A., who's supposed to be the best at what he does, witnesses him strike out the whammer, gets to Chicago with him, knows he's going to try out for the Cubs, obviously wants to write this big story. Then he never questions the rest of his life what happened to Roy Hobbs. Uh, A hotel shooting where a guy is shot doesn't become a a big story that he gets a scoop on. How good a reporter is he? None of it made any sense. And I think that's my problem with the movie. Like, to to me, even if you want to be long and drawn out, at least put things together and make sense. You can't have the whole movie not make sense at all. The action became very stale. There became too many negotiations between Roy Hobbs, the owner of the team, who was going to get the ownership of the team. It lost me on that. 
the long drawn out scenes of him dating Kim Basinger and him being in a slump, long and drawn out. But Redford ends up being unlikable. The action's too slow. The movie's too long. And then the kicker, as you said, nothing explains anything. The moment he gets shot by this woman on the train car, it's like, whoa, that's dramatic. Did he die? Is he dead? It fades to black. It is black for like five to ten seconds. You're like, this is a real cliffhanger. What happens? And then we just see the dugout of the Knights and Roy Hobbs show up. And we're like, okay, so he survived a gunshot wound from point-blank range from a deranged woman 16 years later, he's in baseball. So what happened here? And so I'm thinking the entire time, okay, well, they're not explaining it right now. He's a very mysterious person. He's not giving anybody any answers. It'll all get tied up at the end. And it never does. We never understand her motive. We never understand why it took him 16 years to come back to play baseball. He kind of says... He is paying for the decision that he made a long time ago, which I imagine means dating this woman or fooling around with this woman. But in being kind of a player and like dating around and going after bad women, he also doesn't have any other vices. He doesn't drink alcohol. He doesn't eat poorly. He doesn't even eat freaking ice cream. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't gamble. He's not, he's like the most straight shooter ever, but he has the vice of, He dates the wrong ladies, and one of them tried to murder him. And he starts hitting home runs that defy belief. And so they have built him into a mystical figure that almost has divine intervention. You alluded to this on the show. There's a lightning thing about all this. Lightning struck the tree that he made the baseball bat out of, that he has a lightning bolt on it. He's Wonder Boy. He comes out of nowhere, smashes home runs. He's like this incredible kind of folklore figure. But did he recover from the gunshot wound because he's like divine? Because he's not human? He's immortal? Is he mortal? And that's why it took him 16 years to get back into baseball? If he's immortal, why does he deal with so many mortal type of problems? Like going into a funk because you're dating the wrong gal or nearly dying. And you can't tell, like, is he a ghost? Is he not a ghost? Why did it take 16 years for him to come back? He won't tell anybody where he's from. So there's, like, no background on him. So the whole movie is, like, this mysterious figure out of the cornfields plays baseball great. But is he, is he like, an apparition? Is he, like, part, part kind of, like, Jesus figure? You can't tell, and they don't explain it. And it's not by the end... Okay, he hits a home run. He's nearly bleeding. He's going to die. All right, so you're like, wow, he hit a home run. He must be divine. He must be like an angel. And yet, he's then just at the end, like, with his old girlfriend playing pitch and catch with his son, which is a normal guy. So what is that about? That Again, again, right, makes no sense. So I guess he doesn't die. He ends up being just fine despite, you know, disobeying the doctor's orders. And then, like, so all of that connected, here's the other three hitters I want to give you. The 16-year gap, he admits that he only showed up for two weeks to play with the Hebrew Oilers or whatever, and he loses touch with his girlfriend that he doesn't know the son's going on. Where did he go? He didn't go back home? 
Where was he staying for 16 years? Why would he not just go back home to where he's from? Obviously, has a mother or, or whatever's going on, and and you know, heal from this gunshot wound. He was just living on his own with no income, not able to do anything, and and not even like a nod to the you could interpret this because he mentioned this. It's just right. like sixteen years don't exist in his life. Right, right. He was in a hospital for a couple of years. All right, great. Why would he? If it took him that long to play baseball again, what was he doing in between? I don't think that that's too much to ask. What the heck is going on here? To me, it made no sense. And also, I guess the other part I want to bring up is, you know, I, I wish I said this on the show because you had mentioned something to the effect of nobody could get a read on him. Nobody could figure out what's going on. And I mentioned Twitter and TMZ. You know, there still was a very proud Cub scout taking him on the train where they meet the Wemmer, does the whole bet with, with Muncie or Max or whatever, the, the reporter. This guy is not still around baseball when Hobbs returns to say, oh, yeah, I had this guy in Chicago and he got shot. Like, conceivably, that Cubs scout must know what happened to Roy Hobbs. Correct. And then you would think he also would still be in touch, that scout, with the reporter who should also know what happened to Roy Hobbs when he sees Hobbs discover. It, it was if, as if, you know, why even have that scout's character at the beginning to begin with if we were going to eliminate the possibility of anybody finding out what happened to Roy Hobbs or who he was when he came back? Well, that I was think a guy it was, very connected to baseball. I think the movie, it was the threat of the truth coming out, that there was this guy constantly trying right. to be around figuring out the truth. So I, I understood the, the reason for the character, but he seems like a really bad reporter if he witnessed a guy do superhuman things, basically strike out the modern-day Babe right. Ruth, then forget all about that kid after that kid's been shot and out of baseball, that there's no background, there's no memory, there's no anything when this guy circles back around to baseball. He's just terrible at his job. But again, though, this where's the scout? Should the scout be the moment Roy Hobbs comes back and hits a home run? So, you know, when somebody, when the whole league is wondering where did Roy Hobbs come from, this scout doesn't say, oh, I scouted this guy a long time ago. He got shot and came back. Well, explain to me why he got a contract in the first place when he's out of baseball for 16 years and then shows up in the dugout. Did they ever explain why they ultimately gave him a contract? That Pops has scouts for the Knights who found this guy playing in this league apparently only for two weeks and... Pops had given this guy and said, hey, if you find somebody that's really worth it, send him to me. So I guess it was Pops giving I, whatever freelance to who, what scout happens to find him. But that means Roy Hobbs happened to find the right. And the scout, si- the scout signs players to contracts. Like I, I, Ro- Roy shows up and says, I have a contract. Right. I get to play with the Knights. Right. And, and also, I hate to. I mean, this movie is so far gone from being realistic. I mean, in my mind, in baseball, shouldn't somebody have to be sent down to the minors if you sign somebody to the major league <laughs> roster? I mean, they don't even... It's just like, oh, here's a well, uniform. Nobody has to leave the team. I think that's the problem here, is that Roy Hobbs walks this line between mortal and immortal. Like, when he's with the gambler, who's played by... Is that Robert Duvall, or is Robert Duvall... No, Robert Duvall's a reporter. The reporter. I so think it, the gambler... Correct me if I'm wrong. I... I thought the gambler was the other guy from Willy Wonka that, like, pops up with the tickets saying, you know, offering the free gobstoppers and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's him. But this guy is a big better. He can, he, he's a gambler. He's a million-dollar gambler, and he can pick out how much money is in Roy Hobbs' wallet and picks out $10, right? And so he knows that it's $10. He somehow has this vision. And Roy Hobbs, to beat the bet, pulls out two dollar coins or whatever from behind Kim Basinger's ear. 
That's the other. He's a magician now. So it was almost like, yes, like Roy Hobbs has an has a magic about him, has an immortal feel about him. Like somehow he survived getting shot and he's hitting massive home runs and nobody knows where he comes from. And it's almost like he can't tell anybody where he came from because he actually came from heaven or something like that. It, it's, it's like Michael Landon in Highway to Heaven. You're like, is he really an angel? But an angel doesn't spend 16 years in a hospital and then like kicking around minor league baseball. Right. Right. That's it, that that part doesn't make any sense. It's and, and it was like was Kim Basinger she brought him down with a slump, so she was bad luck. So it was almost like the devil was fighting with the angel. That's what it appeared to be, this kind of morality play. But was but the I, angel Glenn Coase? Because they have her in like the angel surrounded white light as well at Wrigley that day. Yes. So that might be it where he is an angel, angelic type figure. Glenn Close is his original girlfriend from back home. And that Kim Basinger is kind of like the serpent or kind of like the devil. But again, an angel doesn't have to bat around two weeks in the minor leagues right. and spend 12 years not playing baseball after he gets shot. That, that It's like you can't marry the two and have it make sense. He's either got to be angelic or he's not. He's immortal. And, and that's what's so bizarre about this movie. So I think that we're hitting on something. The movie didn't know what it wanted to be. It's either it's a whole mystique thing or or he's human, right? So, like, like no, nothing jives with the other part of this. And I guess if you're going to not make – if you're going to make him have, like, human aspects, I need some things to make sense. And I think another thing I want to point to with Glenn Close, Close that really bothered me that I think deserves some explaining as well is she is aware – that Roy Hobbs has this contract offer with the Cubs. He leaves on that train, and she never hears from him again. She's obviously pregnant with his son, has the son. At some point in her life with the son, she makes the decision she's going to move to Chicago. Now I ask, is she just moving to Chicago to move to Chicago, or is she moving to Chicago because that's the last place she knew that Roy was going, and maybe she wanted to find him? Wouldn't that help if we knew that part of it as well? Well, right, it's... Let's just say it's 1923. That's how the, the movie matches up. Her boyfriend, who has a family, gets a tryout with the Cubs. There is a scout that is all over him. He strikes out the equivalent of Babe Ruth in front of dozens of people at a carnival and then gets shot on that train nearly dead. Right. In a hotel, the, by the way, not on the train. They got oh, to not a on hotel. The train. Okay. There's... His family doesn't know. His girlfriend doesn't know. His would-be son doesn't know. The scout doesn't know. The organization doesn't know. The reporters don't know. The media doesn't know. The league doesn't know. I mean, come on. What is, what is that all about? That, that he has all of these people in his life up until the moment he gets shot and then can just reappear and nobody has any idea what has happened to him over the last 16 years? Like his family wouldn't be interested or his girlfriend of, hey, did my boyfriend die in this shooting? I mean, right. okay, he's right. in a hotel, but it's not like in 1923, news doesn't get back to your home if you die. I mean, it's not right. like, you know, the, the 1400s where you die in the middle of the ocean, you know, traveling the ocean blue. I would actually argue that, that what happened to him in a hotel would be a bigger news story in 1923 than if it happened today in 2020. 
Like, there's no doubt in my mind that that would have been a big story. Guy shot in murder suicide in uh, or whatever suicide attempted murder in Chicago hotel. Like that that would be everywhere. I mean, I would assume that the hot, you know, calling around hospitals in Chicago as well, if you're the family, hey, do you know, have you seen Roy Hobbs? I mean, he's laying there in a hospital bed for four years. <laughs> also, I, 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 I'm just bent no out of shape about the baseball as well. Oh, Redford's terrible. just not, he's just not a good athlete. And I hate oh. to say it because Robert Redford is, for this age, he's in his early 50s. I looked it up. So he was looking great. He plays like a 36-year-old or 38-year-old, right. and he looks great. He's like 51 at this point in time. But... He's scrawny, he's thin, he doesn't throw a strong overhand pitch, he doesn't have a good baseball swing, and I'm supposed to believe that this guy crushes home runs so deep that they shatter the lights at the ballpark? That bothered me, and the rest of the guys don't play baseball very well. I mean, they just, they look like actors just kind of futzing around in the outfield. It looked like the three Stooges were just out there playing the infield when they're fumbling around I baseballs. Not, like, yeah, the baseball wasn't crisp. And, and ironically, this movie was so bad that I think we lost sight of some of the baseball. If you were going to get to the biggest baseball part of this movie, it's ironically, somehow, after all this trash that we went through with this movie making no sense, they still found their way to be a common theme with most of the sports movies we've seen, which is just how terrible a manager and how terrible an ownership situation. I mean, Pops getting sent Roy Hobbs. <laughs> and making him sit there and rot, not even allowing him, D.A., to take batting practice. You don't even want to see what the guy's got in batting practice. Even if you don't want to play him, you don't trust that he's older and everything. He doesn't allow him batting practice. And Roy Hobbs, who has worked his whole life to get here, is going to walk out of those dumb team meetings and suddenly be a malcontent either? Like, that, the baseball part of that made no sense either. It didn't jive with anything that we were going, what was going on. And then all of a sudden, by the end, Pops has been some great manager that everybody wanted to give their life to baseball for. He wouldn't even let a guy hit in a cage. None of it made sense. <laughs> so it begs the ultimate question. We all thought it stunk. Me, you, and Bogus all thought the movie stunk. Why does it have such incredible acclaim? And my right. only guess is... The cast is phenomenal. Robert Redford, Robert Duvall, Kim Basinger, Glenn Close, and Wilfred Brimley are all in this film. I mean, that's of that era, that's an amazing cast. I have to imagine that because the cast was so good and that in the 80s there is such a nostalgia for a simpler time like you have Back to the Future going back to the 50s. And there is this is the era where Boys of Summer is written about the 55 Dodgers. That there's sure. such a romanticism about baseball of the older era in the 80s. It's like when the baby boomers grew up. And so they were born in the 40s and 50s. And like they have such a nostalgia for this era of baseball. That the cast and hearkening back to this era was just a feel-good, simpler time, newspapers and baseball and train cars and soda shops. Because I don't think, if this movie's released today, I think everybody kills it. I don't think anybody would like this movie today. I would hope. So I, the only thing I would argue with that is, I, I think you're right when it's released, why it wins all the awards. But, you know, having not seen The Natural... 
whenever I talk about sports or, or people bring up sports movies, I, I can't pinpoint them now, but I know I've had the conversation about The Natural People. How could you have not seen The Natural? The Natural's a great movie. And it's either people close enough to my age or definitely people that were not seeing it in theaters in 1984. So while I can understand the, the critics and the longing for it at the time of 1984, although we, I did send you that Roger Ebert killed it, crushed it, hated the movie himself, why would anybody watching in the 90s or early 2000s, going back and watching it, come back with that take? Oh, how can you not lo- love Roy Hobbs and The Natural? It, it almost feels like, and, and I know this is a total polar opposite movie, there was a movie that we actually had John McClane in that he pumped, this movie Spring Breakers. And I, I watched the whole movie. It's with like Selena Gomez and, and all Vanessa Hudgens. And that movie, DA, was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I went to theaters to see it because John McClane told me to see it. And... I remember reading online after people really liked it, and I remember thinking, like, did I miss something? Did I miss the joke of this? Is there some kind of, like, was this the kind of movie you were supposed to, like, smoke weed before seeing or something, and, like, I'm, I'm out on that culture? Like, what about The Natural? Was there something that, like, everybody knows it stinks, but it's so corny that that's why they love it? Like, there's something there that I think we're detached from because we're seeing it in 2020 that people see it, that we, we're just not part of the culture of The Natural, and I don't know what that is. Well, if I were to guess, somebody that didn't see it in 1984 and really loves it, my guess is it's the mystique that sports in the movies is supposed to have a sprinkling of pixie dust. Something incredible happens because sports is about magic. And so, you know, Rookie of the Year is about this kid that somehow becomes the closer of the Cubs, defies all odds. And... The team always wins the championship at the end of the movie and that there's always angels in the outfield or any of these films are about like rising to your better self and happy endings. And so I guess the fact that Robert Redford plays an angelic like figure that kind of comes out of nowhere and smashes home runs, I guess that that's somehow inspiring or it's I guess it's intriguing. I guess I mean, oh. I, that's what I would guess, but maybe because we're watching it so analytically for this show to break down the sports is why it loses us because it's so bad if you really break it down that maybe if you just watch it as this, like, as I just said, the elevator pitch is mystical Roy Hobbs comes out of nowhere to hit home runs for the New York Knights in 1939. That maybe you're like, oh, that's kind of cool enough. That's all I kind of need on this. But it doesn't have to be two hours and 17 minutes. Right. Two hours and 17 minutes gets me. So I guess my closing point with this, DA, will be this. We have made a very concentrated effort, and I understand. We were ridiculed for Ed, even for Eddie, (laughs) which I'm telling you right now, give me Eddie over the natural any day of the week. I'll give you Ed, and I might even give you Ladybugs that they were worse than the natural. And that's where I'm probably going to draw the line. This is the worst baseball movie we've done, there's no doubt. This is definitely a bottom three movie we've done, no doubt. But... It's maybe the most critically acclaimed movie we've done, the movie that maybe has the most awards. So in doing this exercise as we continue for at least the next five weeks before we get to real sports here, have we now maybe just mentally melted a puddle of ourselves in overthinking that we need to do like really nostalgic sports movies? Because I actually think that on the show itself, the sports discussion we had from The Natural as much as we hid our disdain on the air for the movie, came through that it just didn't make for as good a sports breakdown as the other movies, the bad movies we did. And thus, I actually think it's a worse segment if we go so over the top for a critically acclaimed movie. Or is it just the natural stunk and we need to count our losses and still trudge on and know that there are better sports movies out there? 
I think it's a win to have done what we did for two reasons. Number one, I had never seen it all the way through. You had never seen it all the way through. It made me feel better as I shut off the TV last night that I had now seen the natural and had thoughts on the natural. Okay. Number two, it is a Pantheon sports movie. So to ignore it while we're reviewing sports movies, I think is a miss because that means there's so many people that really like it. There's so many people that really saw it. And so when we reference it, there's an automatic context that listeners know. Like when we do D2 or Ed or Eddie, probably 5% of our listeners have ever seen that movie. I would venture to guess 85% of our listeners have seen, you know, this movie. Okay. So I do think that that's the win. And I do think it's actually refreshing to turn on a movie that's supposed to be awesome and to go, I disagree. This is not awesome. It's exactly the same way it's refreshing to turn on a movie that's supposed to be trash and to go, nope, you know what? Wasn't trash. I think that that's good. And I'll be honest. You know me. I don't watch a lot of TV nor movies. The only thing that I've really watched on TV for years now is sports. And get into a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but really I watch live sports for the show and sports documentaries for my own pleasure. And I really don't watch a lot of TV and movies. This is the most movies I've seen in a long time. Like knowing every week I'm watching a movie start to finish, it's kind of fun for me. I'm like, okay, what's my movie this week? I get to see a full movie and like be locked in and not be half on my phone or I catch it midway through on you know, TV or it's on HBO 30 minutes in. So I'll watch the end of it. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of into like finding a target movie and saying, let's watch it this week. So I do think it's good for all of that, but I don't know. You'll never convince me this is a good sports movie. And I can't believe it's in the pantheon of like, if you ask most people top five sports movies ever, the natural is going to be in that. And I would say, you're right. I think it's by far the worst one we've watched so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I you know the more I think about, it, I would rather watch Ladybugs again. I really would, and I guess it's refreshing from this standpoint, DA. And and I think you hit on a couple of things. If we get to some more normalcy, where I can start seeing some more people outside of the family I've been seeing and stuff, and we're at summer barbecues at some point this summer, really, I do think the natural now fresh in my mind will be a conversation I will have with people more so than other movies. Because of the hype, you've seen that you like the natural, and I, I'm going to be ready to basically fight people. And you know how I like fighting people. It's going to be refreshing also to argue stuff that isn't politics and this, that, the other thing. I am ready to argue with people who like the natural and tell them why they're wrong. So I, I, that that part I'm embracing. I want you to track this throughout the summer. I'm sure you'll see people for the Fourth of July coming up in two right. weeks. I really want you to track this. I want you to talk to people that really like. The natural. And I want you to ask them honestly, what do you like about this? And I'd like to hear their answer because unless it's like, oh, I just think it's a cool story that a guy came out of the cornfields and he started hitting home runs. Unless it's that, I can't understand what you really like about it unless you like that time period. I mean, they did a pretty good job of the time period I would give them credit for. Okay. But you can't like the sports aspect because it's it's very unrealistic. You can't like... The script itself, because the script has a bazillion holes in it. You can't like the pace of it because it slogs. You can't like the length of it because it's not like you're in and out in 90 minutes. So I'd really, you can't like, again, how Robert Redford plays a baseball player. He plays a really bad baseball player. He's bad at baseball. Right. And and also just 
before you say you like the time period, I know we're carrying on here a little bit. If you actually realize, the entire movie was was basically filmed in four sets. Wrigley Field, the Knight Stadium, a train, and two scenes at an ice cream shop. <laughs> I mean, that's really... I, I mean, I guess you get the couple, okay, they went to a nightclub or, or the judge's office, but it's not exactly like they were splitting the atom for scene sets here to tell you how, how late the time period was. You basically got four scene sets the whole movie was filmed in. To me, I mean, come on. Maybe. You got a bunch of the kids of the Newsies caps at the carnival, so with the whammer. Oh, great. You also had all the guys in the people in suits at the baseball games. You know, I appreciate that. I like seeing fedoras and ties at baseball games. Oh, woof, though. And also, MLB Network, by the way, and we love MLB Network. They do a great job. You want to talk about drawing eyeballs to baseball here as we're ahead for the last month. MLB Network shows, like, movies almost every night. I've DVR'd a couple hoping we hit them uh, when it comes time for a mothership in the movies. Take the natural off your rotation. Get it off. Don't bother. Because if, if you're a young person flipping through MLB Network, getting ready for baseball, so you watch The Natural, I don't know how you get excited for the season and watch baseball. You're going to go, the sport stinks. So I would never show The Natural again if I'm MLB Network. No. I know. And I, I was like you. I was locked in for the first 25 minutes or so, and then it just totally lost me. As I kept sure. watching, I'm like, I'm about to fall asleep here. There's negotiations with the owner. I don't care. <laughs> How long is this season? They've had a win streak, a losing streak, a win streak again. Now Hobbs is back in the hospital. How how long are we going to drag this thing on? Yep. I mean, I'm like, just wrap this up. What happens? Oh, awful. And, and I would also just say it almost felt like they were laughing at the audience when they killed Bump. I mean, that was that was his name. It was almost like, ha-ha, we got you for sitting through and thinking this movie was great. He <laughs> ran through a wall and died, and now we're having the flyover to spread ashes. You lose, this movie stinks, and we've suckered you in. That was, that was to me, insulting. So that was 34 minutes absolutely dismantling one of the <laughs> classic American sports movies. And you'll get more of that with Bogish here as Merez and Bogish take away side B. All right, welcome to Side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, host of Side B and the executive producer of the DA Show, joined by the bogeyman, Andrew Bogish. Andrew, hello. Shawnee, how are you? Hello. All right, so we obviously have some, uh, as DA and I just broke down the natural for a long time on Saturday. Thanks for sticking with us here on the PGPs. We had so many problems with the movie. We're going to get to the natural in just a second, but I, I did feel like this was a good time and place here on the PGP with Bogus and I together, Bogus, to announce that uh, the bad boys are back, the bad boys Pistons. You and I have a couple um, situations coming up where DA will be off. He's finally taking that long road of the DA show hosting throughout this pandemic a couple days off, and it'll be you and I in the driver's seat of the mothership. That'll be this Friday. That's right, this week on Friday, you and I will be hosting. And next week, leading into the 4th of July, on Thursday and Friday, you'll get both you and I, Bogish, back together again hosting the DA show. You know, and they just keep adding dates. For We knew about going into 4th of July weekend. All of a sudden, they say to me, hey, what about Friday the 26th? Are you free for that? I'm like, of course, let's do this. So I guess by popular demand, we're getting more and more chances to, to entertain the masses in the morning. Yes, and the last time we did this uh, where we hosted was actually the Thursday and Friday during conference championship week of the NCAA and the very next morning following the Rudy Gobert positive test. So the sports world, when this stopped, when sports stopped and shut down, 
those first two days were the last two days Bogus and I hosted together. That's a long stretch of DA hosting these shows. So as we've pointed out over the years, Bogus, something always enormous happens in the sports world when DA takes off. So I am bracing myself for whatever the sports world brings on Thursday night. Yeah, I guess that's the um, the flip side, right? It's something, and it's often kind of negative. So, you know, fingers crossed that we break, at least kind of half break the trend and get maybe a good, positive, right. huge story on Friday. That would be that would be enormous. That'd be great. I mean, and there's no doubt in my mind. I feel like DA is, obviously, we all have to take our days off. To me, at some point in, in 2020 or 2021, my prediction, and I want this on the record, is the day we get a coronavirus vaccine, that next morning, DA will be off. That is my, that is my bold, that is my bold claim, Bogus. The day we wake up from this horrible nightmare that we've all just, this is, none of this has actually happened. We've all just been dreaming it. DA right. will be off that day. Exactly. Okay, so now before we get into the natural, one more thing I would like to add. The bells and whistles, I mean, this doing the shows from home have really had it all, whether it's dogs peeing on routers, me running up mid-show to Staples to get cables, you're not being able to play cuts, some of our lines mm. sounding like we're robots, uh, DA having power outages and us not knowing when he's going to come back. I mean, we've really had it all. But today we had a first that I'm shocked at, and by today I mean on Wednesday show, your house phone ringing next to you in the middle of an update. When I heard that ring... I actually, the first thought that came to my mind is, how is this only happening for the first time now? Yeah, I mean, shockingly, I have a landline. That's that's the first right. initial shocker in 2020. But And we've got two phones. One of them is in our bedroom, and the ringer is turned off in there because so it doesn't wake us up at night. The one next to me I thought was off as well for this very reason, but then I remembered that I had to turn it back on because we kept missing phone calls because we had two phones with both ringers turned off, and ah. I couldn't remember to turn it on, turn it off during, the, during during our show. So I guess I forgot after turning it back on because I think it was my mom that left left like, like three messages that I just completely missed, oh. just not hearing the phone ring. So we got burned today by the random call. But shockingly, of course, it was not a real call because my caller ID said spam and then oh. listed the number, and it was nonsense. So... I don't care that I missed it, but I just wish they had called at a different time. So, in other words, you probably have gotten calls during the show before, but you've had the ringer on silent. I mean, maybe, but also, too, I mean, we get so few phone calls, and I'm not on for the full four hours, so it takes a lot for A, for me to get a call, and B, for it to come in the 10, 15, 20-minute window where my mic is even hot. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Now, transitioning to the natural, which we've had a yeah. lot of thoughts on here on the PGP and throughout the show. And DA, you and I kind of unanimously were in agreement that the movie wasn't good. Now, I, I tend to think that DA and I hated it, where you didn't necessarily hate it. So I will pose to you what I pose every week. What did you like about this movie? What did you dislike about the movie? And, and overall, why do you not fully embrace hating it maybe as much as DA and I did? Yeah, I just wish I had seen it, like, on my... I, I saw it for the first time only, like, I don't know, five or six years ago, and it was from one of these conversations, like, somebody referenced The Natural, or maybe I was making a list of best... Like, there was some reason for The Natural to come up, and I said, I've never seen it. And my buddy who I was talking to, I used to work with at Sirius before CBS, was like, how have you not seen this? And I didn't really have an explanation, so <laughs> eventually, I think I bought it for, like, $4 one day. It was on sale on iTunes, and I watched it, and I was unimpressed, and I, I guess I, I disliked it less watching it now. This is the second time ever, but it's just I, I 
I mean, I think at parts of it, it's beautiful. Like I think this, the old stadiums and the uniforms, I think it's well done in that aspect. Um, you know, the, the acting is phenomenal in terms of the, in, the names involved and the individual performances. It didn't have all of the normal, annoying sports kind of mess ups that other movies have had. It's just, it's just cheesy. And like, there are huge holes that are that you can't overcome. Like it really bothered me that Max Mercy didn't remember Roy Hobbs the second right. he saw him again, even 16 years later. Um, and you know, it just it's it's too hokey. Like the gambler with the weird eye, and the judge sits in the dark, and then Memo shoots a gun at the at near the end. And I, I don't know. And like you said, I think on the air, off the air, you know, they don't they should explain in the moment the scene where he gets shot and right. the other woman and the woman then jumps out the window. So like, we don't under like something happened, but what happened and why is it so mythical and confusing and why does he disappear for 16 years? So it's just, it's just cheesy and it right. didn't make me like feel anything for anybody. Like I didn't, I wasn't necessarily like rooting for him or happy when he hit a home run and blew up a stadium um, or like, you know, or because the bad guys lost in the end, like it just, none of it actually mattered to me. I had trouble even figuring out if I was rooting for Roy Hobbs. And also right, cause he's kind of a jerk other than being a good right, baseball player. Right. And, and that's the thing that the and I just told us too. I don't understand why, what was the big reason for even hiding that you had gotten shot and then being a jerk about it after, like, it didn't make any sense. Like you, you were shot in a horrible accident. It's okay to embrace that. That, that made no sense to me. And I, I, Another thing I want to get to that maybe isn't the it gets really buried here because there's so many notes I had about how bad the natural was bogus. I just want to get your thought on this overall in doing this exercise where this has become like our book club every week doing these movies. <laughs> what the heck is it with baseball movies or even sports movies in general that we never get to a championship game? I mean the the, the penultimate point of this or episode is again they're playing for a trip to the World Series. And, and this happens over and over, Rookie of the Year, Major League. I mean, I, why is it that movies go out of their way almost to have you live the season with these people or these teams, and you don't even see if they win a damn championship or not? Why is that a thing in sports movies? Well, at least some of the other ones, then, like, at least they tell you as the movie's ending, like, eh, hey, we won the World right. Series, or, like, they roll the newspaper head, and, you know, headline, you see what happened. Like, this one right. just ends with the happy family back in the cornfields of wherever – and the movie's over. Who knows what happens after the stadium explodes? And right. there's and there's you know and they're running through the sparks and they don't they don't give us anything. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. And it's all they're all the same really. They all have the same parts. Crappy ownership, you know, downtrodden team is way down the standings. Right. They rally and somehow do it. And then the movie's over. They just change the details along the way to make it a little bit different. It, you're right. They are all this. No matter what, all these sports movies are all the same. Okay, so I guess the other thing I wanted to get to that is, you know, I'm partially talking cheek, but I'm also serious. Something that bothered me that I, I'm going to venture to guess, Bogus, I'm the only one who ever saw The Natural that was bothered by this. You mean to tell me that in Chicago, Roy Hobbs stumbles his way to find his ex-girlfriend in this old-school, old-fashioned ice cream shop, and that guy can't have a scoop of vanilla with some hot fudge or some butterscotch? I mean, you were in an old-fashioned historic ice cream shop do i need just a lemonade there and it's summer he just played a game he's got to be hungry it's hot you walk in there and you go of course what do you got rum raisin you got a little vanilla give me some good 1930 whatever you're not you're not getting cookies and cream 
So I know the selections are limited, but I but still you gotta go ice cream immediately, and they don't even drink the lemonade. It just sits there while they chat about God knows what. But as I I think I said this in the text to you during the show, like the dude doesn't drink alcohol. Maybe he also doesn't eat sweets because it's gonna mess oh, his up mess up his body and his it. timing and his eyes. Maybe he's like Tom Brady the previous version and this is his avocado ice cream and no strawberries or whatever. So maybe he takes things just that seriously. Stop it. Also, he had no problem stumbling (laughs) in the clubs with secondhand smoke, breathing that in, but he can't have a chocolate ice cream bar. I mean, yeah, but nobody knew that was bad for you back then. Uh, I guess. I I mean, 1984, they knew they were bad. I know that was when the movie came out. I know it was shot earlier, but please, (laughs) please. Also. Okay. Final question on this before we wrap. Do you believe that Roy Hobbs was a better baseball player or a better magician? Because apparently they gloss over the fact that he's pulling coins behind a girl's ear <laughs> in a club, so he must have been a great magician as well. Do you think he was a better baseball player or a magician was another question I had for you. Yeah, I think he's a better baseball player because he seems to be really, really good at baseball. And, like, you know, my grandpa can do the coin behind the ear trick. He could not have hit 350 <laughs> with 40 homers and 90 RBIs over 115 games. So. Uh, he's a better baseball player, but the correct answer to our, our show poll was definitely Bo Jackson. Of course. Because Roy was a one-sport guy. Bo did two things, so there is no comparison. That's an easy win for Bo Jackson. I, I would agree, and then just, I guess my final thing I'm going to wrap with here, Bogus, were, is it, am I the only idiot that was confused at the beginning when they're yes. calling the manager Pops that I thought <laughs> the bench coach was the son of Pops at first? It took me yeah, like a no half hour into the that. movie to realize, and I kept saying, I said, well, he's a real older guy to be his son. It took me real, oh, no, that's just his name. He's not the father of the bench coach. So you did not yeah, think that. Yeah, no, no, that's, that was only you. Okay. Definitely. All right. I feel comfortable making that statement. Okay. All right. Well, you can follow Andrew Bogish on Twitter. Bogish, give me your handle. At Andrew Bogish with and a C fo- in there somewhere. <laughs> You can follow me at Mraz CBS. And remember, even if DA is off here at the end of the week and then next week at the end of the week, Bogus and I will trudge on. We will continue with the normal mothership goodies, if we will. Stun doing news this date, the whole nine yards. So thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Permission Granite Podcast. We'll catch you the next day on the DA. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 